Indispensable is a podcast focused on hearing about the business truths, tools, and tips others can't do without. After interviewing hundreds of people for their LinkedIn profiles and talking with thousands of people looking to use professional platforms more strategically, I've had the pleasure of meeting and getting to know people that lead, create, and engage within their companies and in their communities with great intention, abundance, focus, and sheer grit. I want to share their stories so that you can gain insight from a variety of people, not just the podcast and tech rock stars that have become household names. Rather, let's focus on the people whose stories influence those around them, and maybe even you. Everyone has indispensable truths, tools, and tips, even if they haven't realized it yet. And while this podcast isn't about LinkedIn and how to use it, it may weave its way in from time to time. It is, after all, our favorite platform for networking and doing business. Come, join us, and get to know some of my colleagues, clients, friends, and neighbors. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have Bryn Tillman on the show with us today. Bryn Tillman really needs no introduction, as far as I'm concerned. Bryn Tillman is a leading force as it relates to social selling and all things LinkedIn, is someone I consider a really great friend and professional colleague. Bryn, it's great to have you with us today. Oh, thank you, Colleen. I am thrilled to be your guest. Well, we have a lot to dive into and probably could talk for hours, so I'm going to try to keep this structured, but I know we can go um, pretty deep in certain areas. And through the conversation, I just want to remind everybody that because the podcast is called Indispensable. I want to dive into those things that are indispensable to Bryn. And I know that she has lots of tools and truths and tips that have been remarkably successful for everybody that she's worked for and worked with, as well as for herself in building her brand. So let's just jump in. Roll, um, Bryn, how would you describe and define your role? in what you do? Oh, so one of the things I'd like to say is, is in some ways I think of myself as a LinkedIn whisperer, where my goal is to really help other people succeed at LinkedIn. Um, I had been asked a question a, a few months ago about what my superhero power was. <laughs> and I realized my superhero power was the ability to bring out other people's superhero powers. And mm, I love that. I was like, I, I, I was so happy with that thinking, you know, what I do is really help people be the best of themselves uh, on LinkedIn and their digital footprint really represents who they are as a professional and in the business development role how they stand out as the thought leader and subject matter expert, getting the credibility that they deserve. I love that. And I think that's only something that you can do after you've done it for yourself. So walk us through sort of the, your history. Why LinkedIn? Um, well, LinkedIn was an accident in a lot of ways. Uh, I was a sales trainer and I had a client who, and this is uh, back in 2005, 
who they were a bank with a financial services department and a big crash, right, in the financial market. So Mm -hmm. nobody was moving anything. And we sat around the big boardroom table saying, well, you know, how do we get the money that's out there? And we said, well, so where, where is the money? Well, there was huge layoffs. We were in the middle of pharma world. And we thought there's 401ks to roll over. But we don't want to go after these people that have just been laid off without being a real good resource for them first. So we created this career advocacy program that ran once a week where we brought in uh, resume experts and interview experts and, and and it was totally free to everyone. And they got to know some of the financial advisors would hang out in the room and they got to know people. And so we brought incredible value to them without really ever pitching to them. And about maybe, you know, a few months in, someone said, sent me a link, you should check out this site. So I clicked through and I found LinkedIn and that's what I called it. (laughs) And I realized quickly, you know, we started teaching that I, I, I happened to pick it up quickly. We started teaching that in that career advocacy, but I was at my heart, a sales trainer. So I realized really quickly at the power of this from a sales perspective. So I started teaching this as a loss leader for our, I I was a a co-owner in a a sales training company. And we were bringing in dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people a month to teach this. And everyone was excited to learn a new sales tool, a new prospecting tool And then I realized we were selling them into, now we'll teach you how to cold call. Mm. And I went, I feel this disconnect. Like what we're Mm -hmm. teaching as a loss leader is selling them into a program that doesn't really teach this as a primary tool. So my partner and I very amicably split. We're still great friends. I adore her. Um, And she's running a fabulous company that teaches people how to cold call and prospect and, and go out there the traditional way. And I just decided not to compete with her and only teach LinkedIn for sales. And, you know, fast forward, uh, I don't even know, 10 plus four, you know, 14, 13, 14 years later, that's where we are. Right. So interesting. And so some people might think, I wonder why Colleen has Bryn Tillman on her podcast when they're both doing the same thing, except that you and I both work from this whole idea of abundance, right? That there's enough business for all of us. And Bryn and I have, we've had many great conversations and um, work really well together. So I just want to throw that in there because people might be like, what is going on here with this conversation? And I think it's really important because there are lots of people doing what we do and lots of people have their own spin on it, and they promote different aspects of it. Um, they promote it in different ways. And I know one thing that is absolutely of paramount importance to you is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And you too, and that's why we are so great together. Um, and I do believe that high tide rises all boats. Yes. So I, I do, I agree with coming from abundance and you know, quite honestly, I, I talk about you all the time when I'm out teaching other people. So, you know, I, and like when there are people that you really respect in the industry um, and it ends up two ways, I think, and this is everywhere. This isn't just what we do. This is across the board. 
is, you know, what we can teach each other just in our, our phone calls, which could go on for hours and hours, we now can, we can bring that to our clients and collectively make everyone better. You're so right. And, and just to reinforce that, um, and I do appreciate you mentioning me and some of your speaking engagements, but literally last month on a Friday morning, I got a text. Bryn Tillman just mentioned you, miss you, let's get together soon. And it was a, a, a former client of mine who was listening to you. I think you were down in Virginia mm-hmm. and giving a presentation. She said it was amazing and she just wanted to say hello. So crazy. Yeah, so thank you for that shout out. You know what? Because you're amazing and I like amazing people. So. <laughs> so let's let's talk about how you share with others the idea of being authentic through LinkedIn. Well, so I'm going to quote Michael Port, who wrote Book Yourself Solid, which is a fun little book that has a lot of gems in it. But one of my absolute favorites, and I, I'm going to pretend to quote, I'm sure I'll get it off a little bit, but, but his philosophy is share so many insights that you're afraid you gave away too much and then share some more. Mm. And I said, that was an aha moment for me. And this was, you know, years and years and years ago. And I went, wow, like everyone I mean, sales training companies, including the one I owned, we would teach don't give away free consultation. And now here I am in this social selling world in this abundant world of abundance, right? This world of insights and value and just be a resource for your audience. It was this moment of give it all away. When they need you, they'll come. And if you give them enough that they don't need you, they'll refer you. Like mm-hmm. it's, and, and it's not even for that. Like for me, when I get a connection request from someone that said, you know, I read a post, I implemented it, and I closed a deal. I didn't get a penny for that. But that's just as valuable to me as a client that succeeds. Mm-hmm. And when you can detach from, uh, you know, I'm giving away my IP and I'm afraid that pe- people are going to take it. Stop doing that. Here, I'm going to tell you a story. I hope he doesn't mind. So Bill McCormick joined my team about five months ago. And you know, we were talking and, and one of my other people, he did a, a, he said, oh, about seven months ago, I did a program at XYZ on ABC. And one of my other teammates said, oh, can you send me the deck? And he goes, it's all from Bryn's book. So this was before we even joined the forces. It was, you know, he bought my book and he created a program around my book and I could go and I love him and he's amazing. And I could go, well, that you know, he took my stuff. I'm thrilled right now. He, now he reached out to me and now we're, now he's part of my team. You never know where it leads, but no matter what, like once it's out there and it's public, I'm fine with people using it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, uh, you say it all the time. There's so much business for everyone that, you know, it, again, high tide rises all boats. I have trainers. I have, there's a, a trainer in Europe that buys 15 books from Amazon every year. And I know this because he reached out to me to thank me. He teaches it in his class. Interesting. Yeah, I'm like, great, enjoy. That's fabulous. So if you come from abundance, like you attract abundance. It's like the secret. 
Right. So, yeah, that's my perspective. Well, and I think it's really interesting when you, you talked a, a lot there. There was a lot we can unpack, but, you know, creating a referral network. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing that I think is just also so fascinating about how you approach LinkedIn, you give away all this content. You have a, a very large network and a large number of people who follow you, which, you know, that people can follow you without being connected to you, right? Mm-hmm. For those who are not clear on that. So Bryn clearly has people who are just following her and even though she's not connected to them. And yet you are one of the fastest people to reply. You're so engaged. How do you keep engagement so high? Well, the first thing is I do it all myself. So I want to put it out there. There are no bots. There's no assistant replying. There's no assistant going out and connecting with people blindly for me. Not saying that I think it's a great thing for a lot of people, but I have made it um, my policy and I recommend it for a lot of folks to reach out, but I've made it my policy because of what I do to do it all myself. So how do I do that? First of all, I'll tell you it's baseball season. My husband is an insane Phillies fan and I apologize, you're from the Baltimore area, I know. Well, that's but, okay. Uh, and, you know, we got um, Harper the day I was speaking in Virginia, and that was really ugly. But um, moving on from that, because we got them from, from the Nats. But so anyway, baseball is on, my husband DVRs the day games. So I sit with my computer and I respond at night. I don't respond during the day, during work hours. I do have about an hour night where I will respond to both notifications and my inbox. Now, there are times where I'll go three or four days without accepting connection requests because I don't have enough time to send a personal note, which is something I make sure I do every single time. So there are, there are times where I might be three or four days before I accept someone into my network, and I'm getting close to my 30,000. So I have to really be careful Mm -hmm. around that too. So, um, but I I make sure that, you know, I I have an hour a day typically around sports at night where I'm hearing that and you just have to schedule yourself for it. Right. I know. I always laugh. I'm like, you know, there are just some things that are tedious, but that's what you do when you're watching once again, baseball or dancing with the stars or whatever it might be. Right. And I often think, and, share with people, I think it's often easier to catch people who are difficult to get a hold of. And Bryn Tillman, you would be one of those people um, in the evening, right? So I'm not suggesting everybody works from 7.30 till 9.30, but I can attest to clients of ours um, based on the suggestion and myself, you know, arranging meetings with people who are very difficult to get a hold of because they too are sitting down watching baseball or dancing with the stars and they're have their iPad in front of them and they're responding. And you know, one of the great things about LinkedIn now is if you see the little green dot or the green dot with the white circle, they're online. So green dot with the white circle, they're on mobile, just the green dot, they're on a desktop and you can, you can look through your inbox and look at who's online and message at that moment. And you will see a lot more green dots at night than any other time. Mm-hmm. It's like you're going after the C-suite or anyone who's 
in a decision-making position. You're right. Right. I mean, I just think, okay, let's be aware of these little indicators that LinkedIn does give us and use them to our advantage. Now, we're certainly not going to say, hey, Sam, I noticed you're online on LinkedIn right now. We don't want to do that, right? But we do use it to our advantage. Um, So let's talk about social selling. It was a term I... You know, I don't know where it originated. Did, did LinkedIn originate I, that? Term? Yeah, I think did Coca Sexton at LinkedIn coined it. I believe, I believe he, he did. did. Okay. And so it, it, everybody started, you know, calling and calling you and like, what's this thing called social selling? Do you know anything about social selling? I kind of look at it like selling has always been social. And then people, LinkedIn doesn't really use the term as much anymore. Coca Sexton's not with them anymore. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, where do you still use the term? I love the Let's term. talk about social selling. So a lot of people have moved to like digital sales or digital transformation, but digital transformation is so much bigger than social selling. Social selling is a tiny sliver of the digital pie, right? Like digital is everything from email to website to ads to like digital is across the board. It could even be your data from a CRM. That's all digital. Social selling is this one little niche that I believe really focuses in one area, which is like my definition. So the process of leveraging online platforms and tools to attract, teach and engage targeted buyers. So Mm -hmm. Say that again. My definition of social selling is the process of leveraging online platforms and tools to attract, teach, and engage targeted buyers. So that may actually include other things other than LinkedIn. Uh, Absolutely. Now, we specialize in LinkedIn, and I love LinkedIn, but just with LinkedIn alone, I use four or five tools every day. So for me, Calendly to schedule calls, Mm -hmm. Zoom to be on the call, right? That's all Mm -hmm. part of my social selling, you know, um, toolbox, right? Um, Simply, and you're going to laugh at this because I know it's to attract, teach, and engage targeted buyers, but Grammarly I put under my social selling tool in my social selling toolbox because if my commas are in the wrong place or I've spelt something wrong, I am going to detract buyers. So, right. like, so I have my little toolbox of social selling. Now, Twitter is also a platform that a lot of people use. Um, and I look at Sales Navigator and Point Drive, which are upgrades, uh-huh. as separate tools than the mothership of LinkedIn.com. And so those are in the toolbox. And other things like landing pages, a Point Drive is a landing page inside of LinkedIn, but even if you have you know, landing pages on your website, they could all be part of your social selling toolbox. I think that's such a great description to think about that. And I, and I think for everybody who's listening, thinking beyond just one thing, but Calendly, I'm a huge Calendly fan. Um, we see so many conversations go off the rails with clients of ours trying to arrange a conversation. I'm like, do you want to know how to fix that? We can fix that pretty quickly. That's easy. Test it. It works. People want it. People are willing to click into your calendar and schedule a call. It's like such a no brainer to me 
Grammarly, love Grammarly, and we're on Zoom right, right now, right? So, you know, these are tools that should really just be kind of table stakes, right? Like they should just be part of what everybody's comfortable using if they fall anywhere in a sales role or client facing role. Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to do a blog on the social selling toolbox. Yeah. I think people think it's one thing and I'm like, mm, I think it's bigger than one thing. And I think that each of those things extends the authenticity that we create through our LinkedIn profile. Yeah. I do want to throw out there's AI now that a lot of people are using mm-hmm. as in their toolbox. And there's some good and bad to AI. So AI, artificial intelligence, popped into social selling is really in the social selling realm. AI is huge in the big realm of, of digital. But in social selling, it's about bot conversations. And so here's what's happening. If you, you can get on a website, for example, and it says, let's chat 24-7. Most of the time, there's not a person on the other end. It's a bot. And they have a picture of a person with a headset smiling with pearly white teeth. And, and, and so there's this image of that you're actually chatting with a human being. But if it's off hours, typically it's a bot. They're doing this for email and they're doing this in LinkedIn right now. And when we talk about authenticity, this is something I'm really uncomfortable with. Well, LinkedIn, by the way, it breaks their user agreement. So by setting mm-hmm. up a fake profile and then running automation, is a big no-no, but a lot of people are doing it. And it's really like, I'm, like I get t- 10 to 20 requests a month of people that want to demo their product to me. Um, and mm-hmm. so if you want to outsource this, it needs to be a smart human being that when it's time to have a conversation, hands it over to you. So the conversation is authentically with you, not with a fake bot or even a person like getting the connection request and setting up the call is fine. But if they're going to start asking you about your business, there has to be a human being that now hands this over to you so that when they have this real conversation, it's with the person they're going to talk to. So, to me, that right. makes that authentic. That doesn't really happen in the bot world, right? Like, like you ask questions right. and it responds to you and there's no human being that's deciding this is a conversation that the other person needs to be involved in. That's a problem. Here's the thing. If I do love AI and if it would say, um, I'm Bryn Tillman's bot responding, if at any time you want to talk to Bryn, let me know and I'll forward her the email. I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like if it is totally transparent and they know they're responding with a, I think people will play with it and test it and ask it questions. And I think it could be really fun, but I think it's really important that if you use a bot, that the person on the other side knows it's a bot. Correct. And I don't know that most people are, um, comfortable with the technology, um, you know, technologically savvy enough to like manage this. And once they have a bad experience with something and they realize that was a bot, the whole experience then becomes bad. And then it's kind of LinkedIn's fault, right? When it's not, that is a pure example of somebody who was trying to automate way too many things within LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And 
was not transparent or authentic. Well, and it's so like, imagine they go now, they now say, you know, I'd love to talk to Fred, your bot, right? Like, I'd love to have a conversation Mm -hmm. with Fred. Fred doesn't exist. How are you, how long do you let the lie go on for? Or how awkward is it when they go, wow, I really feel duped that there is no Fred Mm -hmm. number, you know, or if, if it is on, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this. The bottom line that we get to, and I think you and I agree with this, is this is about building relationships and rapport. And if there's anything beyond, like, let's set up a quick call, and there's, like, real questions about your product or your service or your deliverables or your children or your – a real human being needs to be <laughs> – needs to respond to that. And it's absolutely essential that we're not guessing at that. That there's not a, uh, like, where the, the bot guesses should this go to a person or not. There needs to be a person that says this has to go to the actual person's profile so that they can authentically respond. Right. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it's interesting. Today I got a, an in-mail from somebody who kind of started the in-mail with, hey, it looks like you're doing great work and da-da-da, all this work. And, um, and then it went into... Um, do you want to 10x your business and get more qualified sales leads and then something else and let's schedule a call? And it was just a lot in one email. And I thought, hmm, actually, the first line of this whole message was was good. And then it went completely downhill from there. Because if this person had actually spent four seconds on my LinkedIn profile, that person would know I probably was not in the least concerned about finding prospects because I actually understood how to use LinkedIn. Right. So that's exactly it. But that was a bot. That was automation. Right. Right. And so that is just so not what we're talking about as we're having this conversation. So I love that. So talk to me, talk with us about all some other things that you've seen change over the last three to five years. We know LinkedIn's changed a lot. Yeah. And even more than LinkedIn, what have you, what has emerged in terms of selling, using social, using LinkedIn? Well, so, that you've noticed. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's still sort of LinkedIn and it's such such a big piece of me. But LinkedIn, about three or four years ago, bought a company called Point Drive. And it is now available. It's expensive. If you have Sales Navigator, it's $79 a month. If you have Point Drive, it's $129 a month. But Point Drive is this incredible social selling tool that you upload content to. It can, the content can go back to your website. It can, you can upload a PDF, whatever content you've got. You can add video. And so it's a landing page that you can bring people to that's full of resources. And because it's part of LinkedIn, you now see everyone that looks at it, how long they look at a piece, if they download it. And it has the most incredible stats on who's interested in what. So for example, after every talk, people say to me, can I have your deck? Well, for a long time, I'm like, oh, just share my deck. It's, you know, whatever. But now I put it up in point drive mm-hmm. and I, I, I PDF it and I put it in point drive. And now I see who's downloading it because they really want my deck. 
you know, I send them a link. Thanks so much for joining. And I have some other resources too. Like I'll have resources on how to add symbols to your profile. And here are five LinkedIn templates to help you get more appointments and whatever that looks like. And I can now see what prospects are interested in what, and really it starts to qualify them. And I know how to research. So I noticed that you downloaded the five templates. Um, I'd be really happy to jump on a call and help you customize those specifically to you. If you're interested, here's a link, Calendly, to my, my calendar. Pick a time that works. If you're open, pick a time that works, works best for you. Okay. And so now my first, my next engagement with them is about helping them customize the five templates that were public. So smart, right? And pretty easy once you set it up. To me, Point Drive is is probably it's worth the price of admission into Sales Navigator. Oh yeah, I mean it's it, right. It, it, it's it's my most powerful tool right now. Absolutely. And for any sales team, any salesperson thinking about how can I get more insight, like Bryn and I can use Point Drive and we can see that, you know, Sam, who was just on the webinar or we just sent a proposal to, he opened it. And not only that he opened it once, he opened it six times. Right. And then, right. And so we have all this information and it just enables us to then follow up right? Any questions on the proposal, right? I do believe that it shortens the sales cycle. Oh, significantly. And you know, so here's the great thing. If you send a proposal out to someone in email and now they share it with their whole team, they forward it, you have no insights to that, but they send the link to the proposal. And now, you know, the six people inside the company that looked at it. Right. And I mean, that's what you were saying. I just said it again, but well, where do you think LinkedIn's going with um, Sales Navigator and Point Drive? More, more transparency, more, clearly more data, but where do you think LinkedIn's going? So there are a couple of places I see LinkedIn has dipped their, or Sales Navigator has dipped their toe. There are still some way, ways I really wish, things they do I really wish they would to improve it. And, you know, Colleen, you and I sat with um, Doug Campbelljohn a long time ago in California, and really, he's the the product manager of Sales Navigator, who's really open to hearing a lot of our ideas. So, over mm-hmm. time, I hope uh, more and more get adopted. Um, but and and I've seen some for sure. Um, but where I and I can't say exactly where I think they're intentionally headed, but I think one of the major areas which has started but has not gone to the small businesses yet is the ability so sales navigator allows you to save leads and now you can save leads in different uh, folders and different categories Uh so there's an amazing alignment now with linkedin ads and saved leads in enterprise companies So the marketing team can use specific folders from specific salespeople, look at their saved leads and market ads directly to them. So it's no Mm -hmm. longer a persona. It is an actual person inside of an organization that I want to get an ad in front of. And I now have the, the power to do that. And there is no other social media site that I know of that allows you to go to that 
level of um, personalizing ads. Right. And, and, and I think what's so interesting, you can see it pretty frequently um, in this spring, LinkedIn is really working on their ad campaign manager, right? It's like, I was talking with one of the people on our team last week, and she was like, oh my gosh, they've updated it again. It looks a little bit different. So when you see LinkedIn kind of playing and continually redesigning and iterating an area, you know that there is typically a focus. Would you agree with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. And so there is a huge focus based on our observations that like this campaign manager and, you know, sponsored in-mails and sponsored content and text-based ads are really going to take off this year, even more so, especially for those small to mid-sized companies. And we noticed an uptick in this conversation last year when there was lots of, you know, upheaval with Facebook. Mm-hmm. People were calling and saying, can you talk with about this? And so I think where LinkedIn is, you know, has always been sort of the um, stepsister of so many different channels, and it's not the, the, the glamorous one, but it continues to prevail as the most substantial one. Mm. Uh, definitely from a B2B perspective and, and yeah. from a recruiting perspective. Like I know, yeah. um, and recruiting salespeople, record, I know you're um, one of the leading Vistage speakers and you help uh, Vistage groups grow through using LinkedIn. I mean, that recruiting that you do is also, it's, a, it's sales slash recruiting, right? It's this hybrid, mm-hmm. hybrid of um, how do you use this uh this platform and i think um and i know that you're really brilliant at recruiter and at sales navigator i don't know recruiter well but i know just sales navigator alone can help with small amounts of recruiting inside of organizations oh absolutely absolutely and what what i have found most interesting especially over the last couple of years is just the dialogue where you know, typically in-house recruiters, um, they think about filling a job, filling a requisition. We need to hire two salespeople in in May of 2019. Okay, I'm going to go look for, and going to go look for salespeople with the outcome that we can hire two of them. Well, a regular recruiter is just networking and pipelining constantly. And I think that there needs to be this switch where we look at LinkedIn, we think about it's really the same, whether we're pipelining for products, services, or people. Well, you always need a bench. Right. You always need a bench. And so let's just like broaden our perspective on how we're using LinkedIn for recruiting, right? And a lot of times in-house recruiters, they're like, oh, I just really never occurred to me. So there's so much opportunity mm-hmm. and, and and still they can even do it from their linkedin.com even if they're a basic member. They're definitely limited, but so most of the things that we talk about you can do with linkedin.com. Yeah, with less filters for sure. But Correct. But um one of the things if you're doing this and so if you're a sales leader and you know over time even if you don't have an in-house recruiter that you know you want to start building that bench start looking at your existing salespeople and their networks. Identify who they know that might be a good fit and start connecting with people 
that match the criteria of folks that eventually you want to recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of them will raise their hand at one point and say, you know, my, you know, we connected a couple months ago on LinkedIn. My buddy really likes working for you. I'm wondering if you have anything opening up. Like you'd be shocked at how many people will, when you do a good job of connecting with the right people and nurturing with the right content, how many of them will start coming to you and recruiting and sales aligns. I mean, it's with LinkedIn particularly. So it's, it's amazing how similar it is. Right. It's really according to best practices, right? So they're so interchangeable if you just think about those best practices and strategies. And one of the things that I would think, and I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, a career or personal highlight for you, um, from my perspective at least, is how you have built your personal brand and become a subject matter expert. Um, Can you talk about that? Would you agree that that's a personal career highlight for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have a few, like when I got published on, you know, LinkedIn's blog post and when I got interviewed for Forbes and when I got, you know, like all of these things are like, and you know, everything, I, I always say everything is an accident, but it's, you know, it's number one, the, the Michael Port quote, like just, Giving uh-huh. away insights is where it all started. Num- the number two piece, I believe, is, um, as you said, my, I do respond to everyone. And I do make sure that everyone in my network feels like they matter, because they do. Um, I would say number three is um, I spend some time literally reaching out. Like I, I put out a good blog post. And then I identified podcasts early on that were in sales and I would connect with, and and this was like cold calling on LinkedIn, but I would connect with the podcaster and say, I, you know, I just listened to one or two episodes. I really loved some insights from that. So they know I really listened to it. Um, And, you know, I, I have some great content around LinkedIn. I'd love to throw my hat in the ring. If you have any interest, let me know. And I was ignored for a little while and then I get one and then I added that to the message, you know, so I, I love to throw my hat in the ring. Here is a podcast I was on about three months ago that um, will give you an idea of the content. And all of a sudden I started booking a lot of these podcasts. And so, and, and then I got invited to do some webinars with some like people like John Ferrara at Nimble because they heard some mm-hmm. of my content or they read some of my content. And so it was just out there with content, sharing content and saying, Hey, I'm available to chat. Right. I'm a, and doing as much online content as I possibly can. And then it started to feed itself. So I no longer go out to get it. At this point, people are, you know, looking through Googling and I'm coming up or they know my content. And so they're reaching out directly, but I put a little plan and it's like my PR plan. How am I going to get my message out there? Right. So I love that. So some of the very clear takeaways from our conversation are um, authenticity, building a personal brand, creating the law of attraction, because what you just shared was really creating the, you know, in aligning with the law of attraction, right? People want, want to know you, they want to be aligned. Uh, yeah. You. I mean, I, I, I guess I do that. And, and, and it's about giving away insights 
and not holding stuff close to the vest, not worrying about competition, not worrying about your competition, seeing your stuff or even using your stuff. Just be out there providing value for your network and you will start to attract. That's the law. You know, you will start to attract them. in. Right. If you weren't doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing? Well, it's very, very, very different. But um, uh, without going too deep into this, I pretty much raised myself and my brother with crazy parents and then had a child at the age of 20 and said, I can't repeat this. I got to figure it out. And so through experience and a lot of reading and a lot of learning and a lot of talking to great parents, I feel like I figured out how to be a pretty good parent. And what I want to do is take what I learned and how I learned it and how I applied it and go into inner cities and really help to bring what I learned through my experiences. To, and I was a single mom and to help single moms be better parents. And I know that has nothing to do with what I do, but that would that's probably what I want to do when I retire. Well, actually, I think it has a lot to do with what you do, which is to give generously, right? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, it's not social selling, and that's right. <laughs> I think that that's great. And what would be so? As you think about the journey that you've been on, what are some? What is one indispensable business truth that grounds you every day? Business slash is to be the best person I can be, which is flawed every day. You know, I mean, it's, it's other than God, there's nothing perfect. Right. So, but it's to keep moving closer and closer to being a good person, to being, being kind to every family, friends, and just to just try to be the best I can be. Um, and again, it's flawed and there are times I'm shocked when I really mess up and don't even know it, but then I learn from that and try to be better the next day. This has been awesome. We could talk all day for the rest of the day and we would still not run out of topics. Um, we're going to have some great show notes, some great links. Bryn, how should people find you? Currently I am the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn. (laughs) Um, Uh, Tillman, and that is the best way to get a hold of me. Let me know that you were on this podcast. And if you want to see how Point Drive works, I will send a link and you get to see all the fun resources and kind of what, what that's about. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been such a pleasure talking with you. We'll do some more episodes down the line on different topics. Maybe we'll even do like some screen sharing and some Point Drive examples just to show people how. Um, how great that one product is because it really is kind of a game changer for salespeople. That's awesome. Great. Colleen, there's practically no one in the world I love talking to more about LinkedIn and social selling than you. So (laughs) I appreciate this time. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all for Indispensable. Thanks for joining us. We hope to catch you on our next episode. Grab our show notes, review them, check out the links included, and head over to interoadvisory.com to learn more about the work that we do in our community and with our clients. 